All right, three, two, one. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a great guest, somebody whose videos I've watched over and over. There's about 143 at this point. He uh, makes them under the name of Program to Kill, referencing the great uh, late uh, Dave McGowan's book, Program to Kill, The Politics of Serial Murder. And he's done just so much work. These are about 10 minutes each. So there's tons of information on so many serial killers. His name is Patrick. I've heard him on Ed Opperman and many other places as well. But uh, tonight we're going to talk about a specific subject. He sent some me some of his, his specific research on this kind of theme I've been pursuing, which is the gay serial killer. So we did some, he sent me stuff on John Wayne Gacy, who we're going to talk about, and some other uh, pretty dark subject matter. So I would not want to have the audio of this in um, in the purview or in the close to anybody who might be sensitive. So anyway, Patrick, are you there? I'm here, uh, William. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to the interview. So you sent me one this one article that I read. It's an article from September 28, 2018, titled "Was John Wayne Gacy Connected to a Ring of Homosexual Sadists and Murderers?" and it was remarkable in a lot of ways. It's a great article. It shows that there's a lot more uh, nuance to the John Wayne Gacy murders. But they also brought up something that I, I wrote uh, or made the documentary about, which is uh, the smiley face killings and how these do overlap. So, uh, Patrick, for people who don't know you, maybe the best thing to do is just talk a little bit about your background, how you became interested in this these subjects, and uh, then we can just kind of get into the, the general information. Yeah, sure. Uh, my first name is Patrick. I'm now 29 years old. Uh, come, I came from Europe. Uh, at the age of 15, I became fascinated by the topic of serial killers and also psychology, uh, criminology, sociology. So I did. Uh, I read a lot of books of a lot of different serial killers, uh, going to the library. There's also the early stages of YouTube, so there's only more information available. And... A few couple, yeah, I think three years later, I also found the book uh, Program to Kill, The Politics of Serial Murder, by author Dave McGowan, and actually thought it was just like the, another serial killer book, just to gain uh, more knowledge about them, uh, despite reading the back front, uh, of course, the back cover. But still, uh, after a few chapters, uh, the information was just totally mind-blowing with all the unanswered questions that I have with all the serial killers. And uh, he really de demonstrates that all those serial killers and mass murderers have uh, connections with the military, the intelligence agencies, uh, Satanism, the occult, and uh, secret societies. And I think all those topics uh, are we going to discuss, uh, yeah. which all combined with the serial killers. And often left out in the, the general narratives, the lone serial killer, not killers, it's always this individual. And a lot of that backstory is either negligently or intentionally deleted it from the the stories of these guys but uh yeah last week i talked about one of the more prolific serial killers here in california his name was randy Kraft, also known as the scoreboard killer maybe killed 100 people but the remarkable thing about him too was that he was politically active he a lot like gacy and uh you know you see these overlapping elements between Kraft and gacy where there's a lot more to the story. Yeah, there certainly is. Uh, it's just uh, remarkable that he also got a letter, a letter from the senator uh, Robert Kennedy, 
And uh, he, despite his intelligence, he was uh, also a pretty well student, uh, drinking and taking drugs and uh, regularly attending all-night gambling and poker sessions with the other students. So he was a pretty bright person, but uh, yeah, somebody, uh, something went wrong. Yeah, and he got into like the uh, some very good private schools, excellent schools. The uh, Pomona, I think he was went to Pomona College. So he was definitely a higher-tiered individual. Probably one of the reasons why he got away with the murders for so long. But Gacy was a lot like him. Also politically active. Picture of him with Roseanne, uh, what is it, Rosalind Carter or whatever her name was. Jimmy Carter's wife. Yeah, also Ted Bundy, uh, his connection with the Rockefeller. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Right. So he, uh, uh, Bundy worked on the Nelson Rockefeller campaign, right? Yep, correct. And he also was kind of, uh, he had he was politically active, but also a law student, you know, so he was very intelligent. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Bundy's an incredible story as well. And there are other stories about whether he was part of a, a satanic group, which would make a lot of sense considering his, his sensibilities. He also, like, had no guilt. He, he actually, you know, I was watching this documentary about him on Netflix, and it was like Bundy intentionally desire not, not to have any regrets yeah i think uh ted bunny was probably uh guilty of a few murders t- totally on his own but the majority was done i think but uh other perpetrators or with completely different motives and why do you why do you say that uh according to all the research that mcgowan provided and also my own personal and also uh, george from calfdev uh, calfdev.org uh you can really see the like almost like the law enforcement connections with the different uh, victims that were connected to them, also with drug trafficking, things like that. Well, it would make sense of why he was like, he got out of jail, escaped, he was let go many times. Um, and same, same with Gacy. Gacy himself, I think there was one situation I read that he was... He was, you know, uh, somebody was, oh, and somebody made a complaint to the police and they just said, don't worry about it. It's not going to be a charge, you know, somebody who was abused by Gacy. So he was probably, Gacy himself was probably uh, uh, networked and had, was obtaining favors, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's also more disturbing that uh, I think even the own news reports. There were like three op- serial killers that were operating abducting young male victims in California in the 70s and 80s. I talked uh, to Dennis McDougall about one last week, Randy Kraft, but there were two others, Patrick Kearney, William Bonin. What, uh, can you talk a little bit more about them? Yeah, you have a character named uh, Patrick Kearney. Uh, his IQ was estimated between uh, 140 and 180, so he's a really a bright guy. He was also called the trash bag killer. He was born in uh, East Los Angeles, California. And uh, according to one uh, uh, book that I read, uh, his uh, parents locked him up in the basement until the age of five. And to me, that's very reminiscent of uh, Edmund Kemper, the co-ed killer from uh, Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty interesting that uh, he has uh, somewhat of the similar backgrounds. And his father was also a police officer and uh, described as a uh, strict uh, disciplinarian and he was a pretty thin uh, sick uh, sick child always uh, got bullied at school and he became rich brown and uh, fantasizing about the killing people and so they these guys he was uh, 
he was also kind of like in the same kind of ambit of Dave McGowan's serial killers and the fact that he was involved with the military, right? Yeah, uh, actually all three of them were uh, military connected through uh, the Army or uh, Air Force, yeah. Gotcha. And Kearney worked at Hughes Aircraft back in the day, defense contractor, building satellites, things like that, uh, or that's what the, that's what Hughes did. But uh, he had a he had a security clearance, correct? Yeah, he also had a uh, security clearance. Yeah. And so he was down here in Los Angeles, but he, uh, I mean, I think they were in Redondo Beach, pretty close to where I am, actually, <laughs> about three cities away. The, uh, Do you also know uh, Lars Bittaker and Roy Norris? Bittaker? No, I'm not familiar with that name. Okay. Who was he? He was in, uh, He was called the Toolbox Killer with uh, Roy Norris uh, abducting girls in vans in his van, murder mech, and uh, just torturing them and audio recording everything. Gotcha. Bittaker and Norris were they the ones who drove around in a in a bus throughout um, L.A. as well? Yes, I know the toolbox killers. Yes, I'm familiar with that. John Douglas said he was the most disturbing individual who ever created a criminal profile was Lawrence Bittaker. Yeah, they still uh, have the tape recording at uh, Quantico and uh, use it to uh, desensitize agents. Wow, because they're just so cold-blooded, Norris and Bittaker. It's weird, too, because right there, there's all these people... You know, killing people on freeways. It wasn't just gay killers. It was these guys, too. There was the Hillside Stranglers. You know, all these guys. Just It was it's, it was terrifying back in those days. Uh, yeah, so um, Kearney, Kearney kind of moved around. But he, how many people did he say he ended up killing? I think he confessed initially to 15, but other people say 21. And... And he was networked. I mean, people think that he was networked as well. He was traveling to Canada. He knew how to fly, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's very interesting because uh, maybe he was also like engaged with uh, human trafficking or uh, uh, drug trafficking or uh, uh, the uh, moving around to snuff movies, things like that. Wow. That's... If you own your own private airplane, a plane. Sure. I mean, it's for a purpose. I mean, those small private airplanes move a lot of things. The people don't know that, but. The real, yeah, the real drug trade is, yeah, it, it's smaller airports, you know. Those smaller airports are where a lot of sketchy things take place. Um, and he, uh, Kearney, was, said that he knew he, Lee Harvey Oswald, too, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, uh, I mean, so you just see how, and he said that Oswald was said he was a spy back then, that there was a military language school. That there's references to Mexico City where there was supposedly Lee Harvey Oswald's double or himself were there. So Kearney was probably operating in that same kind of underground environment and also killing people. And he, he, his victims were all young males, is that correct? Yeah, uh, I think the majority majority was uh, above 25, yeah. Gotcha. And uh, 13, 35, yeah. Gotcha. And he, um, was he working, did they say, he had a boyfriend too, right? So it was kind of like the same thing as some of these other killers where there might be, you know, somebody else might have been involved. Yeah, they initially uh, uh, brought him also to the station. He was actually charged, but they released him uh, for lack of evidence. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
it's uh, fairly uncertain that he uh, didn't know anything that uh, Patrick Kearney was up to. Wow. All right. So, uh, yeah. However likely that is, you know. But uh, the other one... Yeah, I'm sorry. uh, Listening to your uh, podcast with that author about the book of Randy Kraft that... uh, 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 He said some things about Patrick Kearney uh, that uh, if it wasn't for is uh, motivation to kill Patrick Kearney. He could be otherwise a millionaire in Silicon Valley because it was like a real uh, elect- electronics uh, whiskey. Right. Yeah. So that's also interesting. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, these guys are smart. Like, why are they doing these evil things? Like, Kraft, Kearney, very intelligent. And, uh, I mean, even uh, you mentioned the, the guy up in Northern California. He had, like, a 150 IQ. Uh yeah, Lars Bitteker was also highly intelligent. Yeah. yeah, it's really crazy. So just because you're intelligent doesn't mean that you're a good person. Um, and then the other one was William Bonin, who was a kind of another one just on the same thing like these guys where, um, you know, it's the same background. Talk about William Bonin. Uh, yeah, and a few things about Patrick Kearney. It is okay. interesting to know that he was also employed at the Hughes a- Aircraft uh, right. uh, company, a defense contractor, yeah. Right. And it's also, of course, associated with Lockheed Martin uh, and Skunk Wars, which is actually a different name for Lockheed Martin. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he had a security clearance. He's probably working on high-tech stuff back then, you know, all kinds of weaponry, geosynchronous satellites. Who knows? I don't know exactly what his special specifications were or specialty Kearney was, but uh, I'm sure he's within that environment. Yeah, and that's the same environment that also Lars Bittico was employed at. He was employed at uh, Skunk Works at uh, some kind of aircraft, also an aircraft manufacturer company. I didn't know that. That's in uh, Santa Barbara, I think. Yeah. Fascinating. It's really amazing. These guys all operated right around the same time. And uh, so Bonin, was, Bonin himself was also associated with the military as well, too. Yeah, all three of them, uh, but uh, Bonin has, has had a really uh, harsh life. Uh, his father was a compulsive gambler and uh, physically abusive. His grandfather was a convicted child molester. Uh, he was severely neglected as a child, uh, probably also sexually. And uh, he joined the Air Force, so uh, yeah. It's, uh... So, and he also was in a state hospital where all these other, all these other guys worked, right? So, Atascadero State Hospital? Yeah, a lot of uh, uh, serial killers uh, actually went there. Uh, Emma Kemper, Roy Norris, Lawrence Bittaker. It's, it's uh, just amazing. And also about uh, what, what uh, Edmund Kemper was, was telling about behavior modification. Like uh, he knew all these all these kind of things already. Interesting. So they're learning stuff while they're at these hospitals? Yeah, it's just incredible. I mean, uh, they get to, this ho- to these hospitals, get treatments, getting released, killing people. And getting sent back to that same hospital. Wow, incredible! Or another hospital yeah. facility. And Bonin himself was not alone when he was committing these. It's kind of like the John Wayne Gacy mo- mo- model, where there's all these other, um, all these other accomplices, right? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, even uh, John Wayne Gacy before his execution. Uh, Told many names of other people who were uh, associates of them and uh, were uh, complicit in the crimes. But now uh, everybody wants to believe the official narrative is just one guy, one perpetrator. And, uh, right. 
And he, everybody has done his uh, job good and uh, made some money. Right, and Gacy himself, when he was arrested, said he told the cops, who else did you arrest, right? And I think that's in your video for Program to Kill on Gacy. It's like he's saying, who else you got, right? Yeah, yeah, that's truly really McGowan's uh, investigations. Uh, the first 20 parts of the video series is all practically uh, McGowan's work uh, directly from the book. Yeah. Gotcha. And so how many people were working with Bonin when he was, or how many people were killing with Bonin when he was uh, committing a serial killer's killings? Yeah, at least four. Uh, one of them was called Fernand Butts, uh, a factory worker and also a part-time magician with a fascination with occultism. So that's pretty interesting. And uh, he uh, freely admitted that he was uh, taking great delight in watching Bonin uh, abuse and torture fiction, victims. But he was also quite terrified of him, so it's pretty uh, interesting. Conflicted person. And then he and had... Yeah, sorry. He, uh, yeah. Excuse me. He also uh, committed suicide, yeah. Well, that's yeah, probably the weight of his conscience. On how many people did Bonin end up uh, committing uh, murder on? Do you know? Uh, no, not at the top not of my head. No, gotcha. But he also had other people. There was another guy, Miley Pugh. Can you talk about them? Uh, Gregory Gregory uh, Mattis Miley. Uh, he was an illiterate uh, Texas native with an IQ of only uh, sixty-five. So that's like really low. I mean, that's almost like worse than mentally retarded. I think uh, Otis too had an IQ of 75. So, and he was just supporting himself with uh, casual work and uh, participated in the, many of the murders. Yeah, Bonin's kill death was somewhere between 21 and 36 victims. So, yeah, a tribute to, to him. Yeah, you don't know if he's uh, guilty to uh, every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. Same with Kraft. He could have he could have been over a hundred, which is really terrifying. A number of people to get away with killing, and nobody you know nobody ever caught him until the end, which uh, you know is just really scary. So Gregory Miles, IQ fifty six, and then there was another. Um, was it William Ray Pugh was involved? Yeah, yeah, he had an intense conversation in, uh, in his van with him and uh, later uh, made incriminating uh, statements against Bonin in court uh, for uh, unrelated out-of-theft. So he get, uh, got off uh, some hooks, uh, some charges. All right, so That's he... also a yeah, similar thing that is also happening with uh, court cases that you can buy actually every everyone and just uh, file a complaint to them yeah, on the road. I see. And so... Uh... So the one, so another guy testified against Bonin at the court, right, to avoid the death penalty. Bonin was put to death, right? Yeah, I think he was executed executed in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, when he was thirty three. Wow. When he was thirty three, when he was caught. No, 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 no. I don't know what. No. Let's see, Bonin. He died at forty nine. He was convicted in nineteen eighty three. So, yeah, he was about thirty five. When he, no. when, he, when he got busted, but yeah, I mean, just uh, it's just incredible that that, that there's that many young boys in California in that area just to be a predator upon. You know, you think that somebody would key into it. Yeah, but it's, it's, I think it's very interesting that the many of the victims of uh, especially uh, Bonin and 
craft were actually military related. Many of them were from United States Marine Corps and other uh, other sections of the military. So yeah. Did you ever read about anything um, about them drugging their victims? Was there a lot of drugs involved? Yeah, okay, yeah. So I can recall from. Uh, I think it was Randy Kraft who was doing that a lot, and also a little bit Bonin, yeah. And also, of course, the family in Australia. The family. Let's talk about the family in Australia, because that is an interesting case. It happened in Adelaide, and the guy that they arrested, his name was Spencer, Bevan Spencer von Einem, was like this supposed ringleader, but it's a lot like the Gacy case, because there were other people that were supposedly involved. They were never arrested or tried. I think Spencer Von Einem is still in jail. These murders happened between 73 and 83, but they fit the profile exactly of Kraft, Bonin, and Kearney. Young men out, um, and, uh, you know, the same thing. And some of these bodies are they're dumped in strange places, and a lot of them had very severe uh, anal injuries, so there's a lot of torture. And then they found out that, like, there might be tons of people involved, 12, more than 12 people involved that were never charged. So, pretty remarkable case. Yeah, it's truly unbelievable that you have the same MOs uh, just globally uh, being uh, uh, carried out. Yeah, Right, and these guys are in cars, right? So, Spencer Von Einem is just like Eiler, this other serial killer in the Midwest I was re- uh, I researched about or talked to, uh, her name was Kolarek, who wrote a book about him. But, like, just trolling around, driving around, looking for victims. And that was the same thing. It looks like Spencer Von Einem and his cohorts. And they know that there were other people involved because people saw him together with other people. It's just an incredible case. And that also involved drugs. He was drugging people with something called Mandrax and Noctec. Uh, you know, and there was one victim that fits right into the, seri- uh, the smiley face killer paradigm who was held for five weeks before he was murdered. So you can see that same thing happening here in the States. It's incredible. Yeah, it's just more incredible that they all always want to uh, have the official narrative that's just all one guy or maybe two guys, but it's never being discussed as like a group of people. And uh, it's also just incredible how many of these uh, uh, killers are photographing or videotaping their exploits. Right. Did you uh, come across any of these people, Gacy or any of these killers who took videos or videotapes? Well, at least Gacy confessed that uh, a character named uh, Philip Paskey, who was associated with Johnny Norman, worked for him. And he was uh, into uh, video, uh, videotaping uh, sex for children and uh, pimping out girls and things like that. And Ted Bundy claimed that he had uh, Polaroid pictures of some of the murders and... Uh, Later burned him because he was spooked out when the police were investigating or had a search warrant in his apartment. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if those are somewhere underground, that those there are tapes of some of these smiley face killings being filmed or something like that, dark web. I, you know, I don't know, but uh, it's, it's incredible. That, yeah, uh, even, uh, even reports from the family in Australia, there are people who are calling uh, to the hotline, uh, uh, ch- channels and saying literally from uh, I can say where I saw it but I saw a snuff movie of one of those victims wow really I didn't know that that's incredible yeah. and there was and that case was still ongoing I think the case was I think Von Einem 
got convicted in the 90s, but they went and did a full cold case review and reinvestigated a lot of people who were associated with him. And they were never brought charges, but like there was a doctor involved. There was, you know, a couple prominent people who were uh, associated with Von Ina, but they didn't have enough evidence to convict. Yeah, so the family in Adelaide, really incredible. There's a good documentary. There's a really good documentary on your program to kill, but also uh, your program to kill, by the way, if people want to see the full series, it is at LOL Field and Love on YouTube right now, as far as it's still up. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it disappears. So I would highly recommend people go check that out. But uh, yeah, there's a there. You have a segment on the family in Adelaide. Yeah, let's not hope so. Uh, but I'm currently also uh, making a website. So uh, oh, good. Do you have Do you have a, a URL? Do you have a uh, I'm thinking about uh, program to kill dot net. Okay, cool. So people can look for that there. I mean, it's just a great research. It's such a you know this subject still ongoing. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, in the Smiley Face Killers, there's a couple at least groups or teams pre predating on young men in the United States that uh, nobody's putting the warning out. So uh, you know they haven't been caught yet. So if, maybe they've been caught, but maybe only got one charge for one thing, but. There's so many victims, it's just incredible. Yeah, you also have the Oakland County killer with the North Fox Islands. It's also just incredible, all those places. What was the Oakland County killer? Um, I can't recall now which state. Maybe it was like Chicago. All those children were disappearing oh, right, and yes. later, later found murdered. And there was also some kind of uh, secretive island called North Fox Island. And there were all these pedophiles just... Uh, uh, luring those children there with planes and uh, just uh, taking advantage of them. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and you have the Franklin conspiracy. You have Jeffrey Epstein. So, the, you know, these things are happening. I don't know if there are any murders associated with, with Epstein, but there's a lot of sketchy stuff happening right now. So, um, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, what about, uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about more about craft. I mean... Or some of these other ones, you mentioned some other names that pop up, like Herb Baumeister, um, yeah. Nelson. Yeah, yeah it's uh, interesting that uh, Randy Kraft actually stated that uh, he said, I didn't get a fair trial. The government turned into a serial killer trial. So that's pretty interesting that he didn't uh, get a fair trial. What do you think he meant by that? Well, that he was probably on his own guilty of a few murders, but not as a serial killer. That uh, that just want to shove every single victim on his name, you know, wow. just to clear the books. Right. Oh, good point. Yes. Yeah. And there was a, he did the same thing where he abducted somebody for five days and then killed them, you know, so he would keep people alive. And uh... Yeah, even more interesting, uh, there were also found many Polaroid pictures of uh, many of his victims and... Uh, Police authorities uh, actually stated that he didn't have any uh, darkroom expertise or didn't receive didn't receive any kind of uh, employer at a uh, Photoshop store saying what the, what the hell is this? What kind of photographs are these? So he yeah did have an associate uh, processing all these pictures. I mean yeah it's also pretty interesting. Right. So I mean he might have been even been selling those or trafficking those back in that day before Polaroid. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. After all my research in the video series, I've researched now like 50 different cases. So it's also sometimes hard to uh, figure everything out and memorize everything. And, sure. But like 
every uh, murder case, like 80% or 85% of them, every different, every single serial killer or mass murder does uh, deal in snuff movies or some kind of photographs or videotaping of uh, some kind of, some form of abuse. Wow. So, yeah, it's just really it's mind-blowing. You know, where, all, where are all those videotapes and uh, for what purpose exactly? I mean... Uh, after all my research, I think it's like uh, uh, dealing and trafficking and uh, these networks with each other. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just like a currency for them. I would say so. There, there probably is a more underground market for that. You know, I hear that there's an underground market. There was, what was the guy, Richard Ng, and uh, they were abducting people and taking them up into the California hills. Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Yeah, so that was another one. They know that they were making snuff films, you know, flat out. Terrible. I mean, horrible. That's a horror show of a case. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Kraft, I mean, it's just incredible. Like, he had this guy, Jeff Graves. I mean, they know that he they somebody helped him move the bodies around, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, one of his former boyfriends was definitely in on the murders at some uh, point level in time. But he died of age, yeah, and uh, when he was asked by the police, he bluntly stated, uh, listen, uh, I'm not uh, going to take the fall for this. Right. Like, he knew. <laughs> it's just incredible. And these guys are moving around, too. This is another guy kind of like Kearney who's traveling between jurisdictions. So very sinister, very sinister stuff. We can talk about her Baumeister yeah. because this guy was all, also uh, videotaping everything uh, around him. And you can't believe it because uh, when the police first came to his huge estate, uh, they saw all the f film equipment like different lenses, tripods, uh, different cameras. And when they later came back for another search, everything was just gone. All the videotapes, like 100 videotapes, all the camera lenses, everything. So I I, re I don't know I uh, it's a little bit speculation but I've always had the hunch that uh, her Baumeister was some kind of uh, organized of parties at the state and uh, there was also probably some kind of blackmail just some kind of uh, uh, blackmail filming filming of activities at, in the pool. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Didn't he find his victims at gay bars, kind of like Dahmer? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And they like the, they found human remains on his property. I think his kids found it, and they're like he tried to rationalize it, like Baumeister was something else. And they called him uh, the Interstate Seventy Killer, something like that. And that was in the nineties. Yeah, the I seventy Killer, and also Larry Eiler was also uh, probably associated uh, directly or indirectly with him. You think that Eiler and Baumeister probably knew each other? I or think like directly and indirectly, yeah. I can't right. say directly because I don't have any sub substantiated uh, evidence or anything. But, yeah. I mean, they're they were dealing in the same criminal enterprises, and uh, geographically, it would make perfect sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're in the same geographic area, no doubt. Um, probably, you know, saw similar things amongst themselves. Like, where, yeah, I mean, it's just... <laughs> just incredible when you look at all these and what was the whole story do you know the story of Dan, dean coral out of texas and how john wayne gacy knew him do you know about that story yeah that's also just uh, completely unbelievable that you have the dean coral uh, murderers uh, also by elmer wayne henley jr and david brooks uh early 1970s texas and actually this guy was also uh, associated with uh, a porn ring uh 
with uh, De- of uh, John D. Norman. And John D. Norman was also reconnected with uh, John Wayne Gacy at the later, uh, later stadium. Wow. Yes. So. so that's the connection, is Norman is the connection between Gacy and Coral. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. And then Gacy himself, the latter parts of his murders, he started dumping the victims in in rivers and water, right? Yeah, and that also maybe uh, is a comparison with the smiley face killers. Yes. It seems like, yeah, like this, yeah, it is. I mean, it's kind of the same thing that happened there, the Atlanta child murders, the yeah. the ability to... Or somebody figured out that that's, that's where you can destroy evidence, confuse police, something like that. Just put them in water. You know, It's just incredible that these guys kind of cross over, that Gacy and Corling. Even then you get into Gacy and the connection to Robin Gecht and the, the Ripper, the Ripper trial, because Gecht supposedly knew Gacy. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently uh, he was employed at the PDM contractors. So uh, yeah, you have like they're all connected with each other. It's like n- not really a coincidence. It's yeah. Yeah, and they still the the Ripper crew in Chicago. The one of the guys just got paroled. One of the the guys with the Greek last name. One of them just got paroled. So you know they're still around. And he, the guy Gex, still denies everything. And there's all kinds of occultism, satanism. I talked about him when I was on. That occult crime show that's on Netflix right now. I, I reference the Ripper Crew. So, um, yeah, it's just incredible that these guys are. And you know, you got wonder how many people know these guys are killing, right? How many people know Gacy's a killer? In the video you did, you had these guys Rossi, and all these other people that, God, they had to have known what was going on. Yeah, they were living uh, in the same house, and uh, Gacy described uh, the house not really as like a real house, but like someone that, that's always like moving, moving out, and like and just like in a like in a living uh, place, like in a restaurant. Right. So people are coming and going. The big people who survived Gacy said they saw lights going on in other rooms, so they knew that Gacy wasn't there alone. I mean, it just gets really creepy and. This guy Rossi and these other people. Rossi dug some of the graves, but claims he didn't know what was going on. You know, it's just off the charts. Yeah, I speculated with some other people, and uh, we probably came to the conclusion that uh, PDM Contractors was probably like in the front for like uh, a male prostitution ring. Oh, interesting. That's fascinating. Do you know what PDM stands for? Uh, paint, decorating, and maintenance. And was that something that Gacy started? Was he the president? Yeah, he was. Okay, I see. So Geck worked basically for Gacy through his his uh, company. Wow, it's just amazing how much information there is and how similar these guys operate. It's really something else. Yeah, it's incredible that almost all of them, ex- except uh, Gacy, now uh, have a military background. It's all military background. Yeah, all uh, always like some kind of intelligence. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, where uh, can people reach out? Your all your information is again at LOL Field and Love, and you're still putting out something. You just put out a video within the last two weeks about the Hollywood Ripper, this guy Michael Gargiulo, which is going on. The trial is going on right now in LA, and they're covering it. And uh, some of the pictures that you had on that video, he has like occult tattoos. He's got like a pyramid with the sun. All kinds of stuff. Do you know of any occult connection to this Garjulo guy? 
Uh, no, not any occult connections, but it was certainly interesting that he had an all-seeing eye tattooed on his uh, shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so, and those were, the crimes were incredibly vicious, really overkill, like a, he was very violent. Yeah. So, um, and I think he's still denying all this, that he he committed any any kind of crimes, too. And that was an unsolved, the death of, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but that was like an unsolved murder. Nobody really knew who did it until he got, Gargiulo got caught trying to kill somebody else. And then he said, told the police, Hey, just because my DNA is at 10 crime scenes doesn't mean I'm involved. So they only have him for four. So where are the other six victims, right? Yeah, but it is a fair statement, uh, what he says. Yeah. But it's just interesting. Uh, or he is the unluckiest person on the face of the earth. Right. Or uh, it was just like uh, he was living at the close proximity to all of these, all of these victims. So, yeah. So he, kinda, he must have seen them or some, did something like that. Um, yeah. I think yeah, most definitely he was compromised in some way or another, and that's why he is in prison right now. Gotcha. Um, is there anything we missed, anything you want to share, any contact information? Your website will be programtokill.net. Anything else before? We're at 40 minutes, so. Um, yeah, well, maybe one small thing. It's interesting to know that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer owned two books. Uh, one of them was called Free to Kill about Larry Eiler, and the other was uh, Killing for Company about Dennis Nilsson. Was actually actually called uh, British Jeffrey Dahmer. Wow, I didn't know that. So he had Kolarik's book, that lady I talked to. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever figure out why uh, Dahmer liked uh, Exorcist Three? Did you ever do research on that? Uh, I saw the movie by myself, and I know the director uh, or writer was uh, a former CIA agent, and it was a really disturbing movie with really uh, weird subliminal imagery and things, and also the storyline, but. I don't know. I have always suspected that uh, that movie was some kind of trick or def, uh, a mechanism to some kind of uh, behavior. Wow. There's also another serial killer called Danny Rawling, uh, the yes, case the guy from Florida. Yeah. Yeah, and he was also uh, heavily influenced by that movie, uh, the really? Gemini. Yeah. Wow. So Gemini came from that movie. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that because that was because uh, that's what uh, the guy who survived Dahmer said he would put it on and start chanting and uh that movie was actually directed by peter blatty the writer of the exorcist yeah so there's another tie i mean then the exorcist is found at the west memphis three deaths you know like all kinds of stuff so but uh, i did not know that Dahmer had free to, free to kill that choleric book wow yeah you have like a book called uh the Collector by uh, John Falls and uh, two serial killers, at least two serials that we know of, uh, had it in a procession. Uh, Leonard Lake was heavily obsessed by that bo- uh, book and also uh, Bob Berdella from Kansas City. Right, Berdella was also, kind of, he preferred men to women, is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So and he was also heavily into a satanic ritual abuse. He was like really like in a, in, in a coffin, in a local coffin, yeah. So he would sleep in a coffin or something like that? No, in a local coven, in like, like witchery, uh, witch coven. A coven, so he was in yeah, C-O-V-E-N, gotcha. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that about Bordello. That's incredible, but those were like kind of like abduction, torture, uh, S&M type murders too, Bordello. Yeah, correct? yeah, most definitely, and also a pharmaceutical, he had a lot of drugs. This guy was completely connected with some kind of entity that provided him with all those drugs. Wow, that's incredible. It's just when you start studying them, you just see these similarities, connections. It's just an incredible 
uh, work that you've done there on Farm Program to Kill. So I commend you for that. People got to check it out. I mean, because these things are still happening today. Smiley Face Killers is still going on. So, um, you know, it's a tragedy. So, uh, again, Patrick, Program to Kill, thank you very much for the interview. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, William. All right. Have a good care. evening. You as well. Take care. Okay. Bye.